Hey everybody, this is Dan. And this is Brian. And here in this episode, we want to tackle uh, a, a part of um, the Keith Rosen Sales Leadership book uh, around the 30-day turnaround plan, as he calls it. So, um, Brian, I know you've, you've really dissected this program and what they have, and, and you've helped us kind of translate this into what a medicist can do with this 30-day turnaround program that he has in his book. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your thoughts on it and what you see um, and then we'll hear a little bit from Keith. Yeah, perfect. I think, you know, when I think about the 30-day turnaround plan, and initially, what are we trying to solve for? Uh, I think about conversations that I've had with other AVPs, experiences I've had with myself, and also in conversation with you. And I think when you really encapsulate the 30-day turnaround plan, it's not solely for those people that are struggling, right? It's not only for that rep that has gone three months without hitting their quota. I think the additional thing there is the 30-day piece of it is really enticing uh, when you enter that title into any conversation you're having with a leader. I think one of the most unanimous uh, feelings and thoughts out there for those of us that have had and gone through the unfortunate experience of um, somebody disengaging and leaving the organization is there's often this feeling um, on behalf of the leader that I should have acted sooner. Now when I reflect back on that, why didn't I act quicker? And so the 30-day plan is really set up um, to give you a week-by-week check-in, set accountability, right? That refers to the other podcasts that we did on accountability and a common definition of that so that there are clear expectations set, we can measure against it, and we can identify those behaviors um, and take action against them appropriately immediately um, or, in the best interest, we can continue to document and show evidence of positive change. I mean, you know, when I when I think about the 30-day turnaround plan, uh, and Keith's going to talk a little bit more about its relationship or uh, the lack thereof that it should have with an HR-compliant type of regulation, I like that, right? I, I, I don't envision it as being a pit before the pip, and I think I really look at it as a positive thing. Yeah, I, I do too. What I see, what I see from it, and, and where I've seen success of it used in the past, in my personal experiences, look, you have somebody that has to change something, right? You're, you're asking them to step up and make a difference, whether it's admission budget, whether it's calls, whether it's going in a new direction, whether it's tackling a new account, whether it's something. You're asking them to say, you're doing this, and I'm, I'm enrolling you, and I need you to get to this, right? So when we're looking at that, this plan gives you kind of that toolkit to say, these are the things that you need to do to get that person there, yeah. right? And it's 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 simpler. It's It's a... It's a design plan that, like you said, doesn't have to be an underperformer. It can be a top performer that you're looking to push in a different direction or to open up a new space or somebody's too comfortable with getting X number of admits per month and you need to them, them to continue to grow uh, because we're getting you know, our lunch eaten by a competitor. Whatever, whatever it is, it's a structure that allows you to say, here's where we are today, here's where I want you to go, and here's the way we're going to get there. So few things in our in our business give us a clear path on how to get from point A to point B, and this is a roadmap from point A to point B. The other piece that I like about it uh, that you just hit on is it's universal, right? And a practical approach. I think initially when you when you hear the term plan, my mind immediately goes to the underperformer. Yeah, me too. Right, and and it's not the case. I mean, you think about uh, skipping over the enrolling piece, and when do we do that? We only do that when a rep approaches us. So use an example of a rep approaching us uh, with their 
their laser focus on uh, being promoted to a senior AE or CTC. But through your lens, you don't think they're ready yet. This plan is intended, as Keith says in the book, for that A or B player. This is one of your top performers. This is a person that is charting and plotting a course to potentially be a future leader, but they're not there yet. And so it gives you a very, very practical way of setting specific expectations um, and measurable behaviors um, or even numerical references in terms of how they can advance themselves. Um, And oftentimes that's through co-creating exactly what they believe they need to do to get to the next level. It could be something as simple as you're checking off all the boxes, but you don't submit your expenses for us on time. Right. Let's do that over the next four weeks. How's that sound? Call yep. activity, right? So there's behaviors and there's also, um, you know, the, the more um, basics, if you will, in terms of, you know, number to quota in terms of admits. Yeah. And, and I don't think that um, the 30-day plan is um, solely focused on admit to budget performance. It's more than that. It can be applied in several different ways. Awesome. So uh, we're going to take a listen here to Keith and what he had to say about his 30-day turnaround plan. Uh, what is the name that we've chosen to call it here at Emeticis? I think 30-day growth plan is appropriate, right? Because it's not necessarily turning around that person that wants to become a senior AE or CTC. It's empowering them to get to the next level. It, you're hearing the whiff from them, right? What they want to do, what they want to exceed at. And you're there as the coach to support to get them there. All right. So, Let's take a listen. Sounds good. Sure. As a matter of fact, in sales leadership, there there is uh, the next evolution of the 30-day turnaround strategy, which I call the Success Acceleration Program. So just as a side note, uh, managers looked at this 30-day turnaround strategy and they said, wait, Keith, this is just really a four-week intensive coaching program. In basic terms, I said yes. And they would say, well, why wouldn't I want to use this with my B players who want to get better and my A players who want to get better? I said, you absolutely can. And it's all about how you position it, right? It's all about enrollment. So if you have a B player and an A player who want to do better, hey, I got this great program. It's called the Success Acceleration Program. If you have an underperformer, now let I, I need to be exceedingly clear here. The PIP is an HR compliant institutionalized process. The 30-day turnaround strategy, or if you want to call it the success acceleration program, please, I am begging you, don't institutionalize this. Do not make this an HR compliant tool because once you do, you know how people are going to react. They're just going to feel like, okay, so this is just like a pre-pip. It's the pip before you put me on the pip. Right. And and it has to be positioned as something organic as the manager taking a stand to say, hey, listen, what I want for you is to achieve the success you want in your career. And I know that there, there are a couple of things that you've been struggling with in terms of hitting your goals. And I have this idea about how we could work together uh, where I could support you over a 30-day period. And each week, we're going to set measurable parameters and guidelines of what you can achieve. And at the end of 30 days, we're going to regroup and see uh, whether or not you feel this is something you still uh believe this is a great fit for you or if we need to explore other opportunities for you and i'll support you you know any way regardless of your decision so so if you notice right away we need to enroll people in that 
Um, and from there, it's just a four week intensive. You're doing exactly what the enrollment statement says, which is a template in my book, which is first meeting, you're going to set expectations. Okay, so where do you want to be in a week from now? Not in a month from now, not in six months from now, in a week. Because the thing is, when managers tell me, oh, Keith, I have this underperformer on my team for three months, six months, nine months. I've heard two years. To me, if you have an underperformer for two years, that's 23 months too long. You can assess whether or not the person will turn it around or not in 30 days or less using this strategy. So from a top level, step one, enroll them. Step two, first meeting, set expectations. What are you willing to achieve by the following week? Now keep in mind, they're, if they're an underperformer, you know, they're probably not even doing the basics or doing them well. Right. You know, just because they may be making the calls doesn't mean they're doing it right. You know, top salespeople and top leaders don't always do different things. They just do things differently. So when you are working with this person, keep in mind, you know, you don't want to set them up for failure. We want to kind of help them. Their confidence is probably at an all time low right now. Let's give them, a, you know, a few things that they can commit to. In the worst case scenario, it's safe to say that they will. So now it's the second week and they did it. So their confidence is going up. Now, what happens if they didn't do it? Well, let's see. There's four options here. Second week, you're meeting with the person. One of four things happens. Number one, they did everything. Congratulate them. Reset activities and results for the following week. Number two, they did some of it. Reaffirm that they're still committed to the process. Acknowledge them for what they did and coach them on where they missed the mark. Third scenario, they choose not to do anything. Fourth scenario, they just don't show up for the meeting. Right. Well, in scenarios three and four, you need to ask a pointed, close-ended question, which is, hey, I'm fully committed to your success. Are you still committed to this process? You need to know yes or no. And you'll be surprised. There are some people that when you introduce this to, they may check out right away. They're like, wait, so you're going to support me for 30 days, and then maybe if I do well, then, and if I don't do well, then I'll have to be on a pit, forget it, I'm, I'm out now. Yeah. So this really becomes a time savings for everyone, and no bridges are burned. So now here we are. Week one, expectations are set. Week two, one of four things happens. Week three, one of four things happens. And week four, one of four things happens. They do everything. They do some of it. They do none of it. Or they don't show up for the meeting. So now let's debrief. If they've done everything over a four-week period, congratulate you. Congratulate them. That's a successful turnaround. But managers do not stop. Clearly, they were responsive to your coaching. Keep doing it. We yeah. all know it's a lot more time efficient and cost effective to turn someone around than have to replace someone or have someone or a territory not be covered so that our competition can take it over. So we that's that's number one, and that's a massive win. Now let's go to the other extreme. They don't show up for the meetings for four weeks and they don't honor their commitments. Now let's be clear here. They set the commitment. They said, I will do this. They chose not to do it. I didn't fire them. 
They fired themselves. Right. They're saying, hey, Keith, I'm committing to do this by next week. Great. They choose not to do it. They're choosing every week to opt in in their job or to opt out. So if four weeks goes by and every week they choose not to honor their commitment, do you think something magical is going to happen on the fifth week? No. What the manager has now done is collect evidence of change. They have all the evidence they need after four weeks of supporting this person unconditionally, even doing midweek check-ins if, if, if it's needed just to show more unconditional support. At the end of four weeks, the manager didn't fire that person who chose not to engage in the activities they committed to. That person just fired themselves. So now the manager can look in the mirror and say, you know what? I have done everything in my power to support this person. And the added value of this is your legacy as a manager. How do you want to be known? Do you want to be known as the manager who just throws the underperformers under the bus and puts them on a pip? Or do you want to be known as the manager who's unconditionally supportive that when they have an underperformer, that they don't put them on the pip, that they invest time in them for four weeks to turn them around, knowing that everyone on the team knows, hey, if they don't turn it around, it's not the manager's fault. That person chose not to honor their commitments. So now the manager is demonstrating to their entire team their commitment to everyone's success to avoid being put on the pit. Right. Now, one, one final thought, we wrap this up. What about that one judgment call where four weeks goes by and the person did some of what they committed to and not everything? And this is the only scenario where the manager has to make a judgment call. And I'll share with you the two opinions that I hear from managers. The one opinion is, hey, Keith, you want to know what? This person was doing nothing before we started this 30-day turnaround strategy. They've shown measurable progress, evidence of change. That's what we're looking to, to collect, evidence of change. You know what, Keith? I'm going to give them another week or two because they're already showing some signs of improvement. I'll give them a couple of extra weeks. Okay, great. That's the manager's call. Other managers say, you want to know what? If I have to invest so much time with this one person just to do the basics and they choose not to even do all of the basics, I don't want this type of person on my team. So again, that just becomes a judgment call on the manager's part. Either way, you're going to know within 30 days to collect the evidence of change, unless the manager wants to give them a little more time, not three months, not six months, not a year, 30 